630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Archibald Center and pass. What a finish. Nugent Hopkins has two. The Oilers are moving on to round two. Kovatar fires. Smith the save. He's going to shut Los Angeles out in game seven. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Scott, back with you for another evening here on Inside Sports. Hope Reed Wilkins is enjoying his vacation. Hope you are enjoying your evening. Perhaps your vacation is just getting started. Maybe you're on the way out to the lake right now. Whatever you're doing, appreciate you tuning in. It is Inside Sports here on 630 Ched. Your usual fill-in host, the producer of this show, Dave Campbell. He's out east right now where we're going to connect momentarily to talk about definitely the headline of the day in the Edmonton sporting world. It's Ford time for the Edmonton Elks. Trey Ford, the rookie quarterback, the eighth overall selection from this most recent CFL draft is getting tapped to start for the Elks. This will be a pretty monumental thing for him. I mean, it's the first Canadian quarterback to start for the Edmonton Elks since uh, Greg Vavra did in 1988. The last Canadian uh, uh, the last Canadian to start was actually Frank Cosentino. There we go. That's the right thing that I'm trying to read. Frank Cosentino was the last one to start a game. Go 20 years before what I just said. 1968. Eight for him. Greg Vavra was the last Canadian quarterback to get into a game for the Elks, which Ford did in week one. We didn't see him since. Nick Arbuckle uh, playing to the tune of six interceptions, tied for the league lead. So certainly not a whole lot of uh, inspiring play from him. And uh, Chris Jones, the head coach of the Edmonton Elks, explaining the decision to start Trey Fords tomorrow. All right, Brendan, thank you very much. Uh, Chris, let's just get right to it. Trey Ford starts a quarterback. Uh, tell me about that decision. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we've dropped a couple, three games here now. We're 0-3, and we've uh, we played some, some good football, but very inconsistent football. Trey's going to bring a, a different package to the game and uh, different abilities to the game than Nick, and so we're, we're going to attempt to win the football game. Every decision that we make is to uh, win the football game, and we feel like Trey's going to bring some things, hopefully, to our team that uh, that we need live radio folks what can you do uh ford talking about uh just how we found out about the start yeah i actually found out earlier in the week a little bit uh coach kind of told me and was trying to get me get me to mentally prepare myself for the game and uh that's what i've been doing this week it was a little bit of a shorter week so you know we didn't get all of our practices but uh, i just have to stay on my keys mentally uh read the defense see the blitzes see everything work out for our offense and uh, Jones again saying that Ford, he's earned this opportunity to start. His stats as far as when we did all of our grading out of camp were were very similar to Nick's and uh, I mean very, very close. They're almost clones of one another. Uh, we felt like uh, Nick's the decision to go with Nick early was out of his experience in the league and and uh, we were trying to lean on that experience. Unfortunately, we're, uh, we're sitting here at 0-3 and, and we're attempting to, to try something different to, to see if that helps us win the game. All right.
right, now let's engage with our color man on Edmonton Elks broadcast, Dave Campbell. Uh, Dave, exciting news for certain for Edmonton Elks fans today. I think that uh, it may have come a little earlier in the season than you or I would have anticipated. Did this one catch you by surprise at all? It did, yeah, and I must take responsibility for the clip, so uh, it's now been edited, and uh, we can get rid of the other one. So anyway, um, <laughs> I I will take full responsibility because I don't want you falling on a sword that I should fall on. No, so there you go. Like I said, live radio. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, you know what? It it did, and it's interesting because day one. Now there's only two days of practice. Yesterday's was a closed practice, um, but on day one on uh, Tuesday. I noticed Trey Ford was taking first-team reps, and I noticed Nick Arbuckle was taking first-team reps. And, in fact, they were both taking first-team reps together, which I found interesting as well. But, yeah, I was I was thinking about it, and I'm going, this is rather fast in my view. It's rather fast to, to make this move. But Chris Jones, as he indicated, you know, he, he treats the quarterback position like any other position. He says, if I don't feel like, we're getting enough of that position, even at the quarterback position, I'll make a change. You know, in his reasoning, we're on three and we haven't really, you know, we, we, we haven't seen everything we would like from Nick Arbuckle, even though not everything is his, his fault or responsibility or why they're Owen three, but you know, the last two games, there's been two turnovers, one in each game that has been very damaging to the offense and to the team's chances of winning and this is a chance to play, I think, the quarterback who who has a style that the club prefers, that Chris Jones prefers, that Stephen McAdoo prefers. And, you know, and he mentioned in the clip there that the reason why Nick Arbuckle won the job is because of his experience. And, you know, in my from the time I watched training camp and even in the preseason games, now Nick only played in one, uh, but he was the best quarterback in camp. And I still think right now he is the best quarterback and gives them the best chance to win now. But... This is a chance for Chris Jones at 0-3 and, and, you know, coaching a team that they don't have a lot of expectations or high expectations, uh, even though they do want to win and they are getting better and getting closer to a win. But this is a chance to, to, to see their eighth overall draft pick and see what he can do in an actual football game. It's a really big risk because you just don't want to mess with the guy's confidence if it doesn't go well. So I'll be interested to see what kind of packages that Trey Ford will have to use to, to, to operate the offense and if he you know operates those little nuggets will he get more uh, that's what i'm interested to see so hey it's canada day and the canadian is going to start a quarterback it's kind of a cool storyline well it is and maybe you could speak to the significance of that having the canadian quarterback uh, i sort of botched the stat right out of the gate there but greg vavra was the last one to get into a game in green and gold at qb for the elks that was back in the late 80s but the last guy to actually start frank cosentino back in uh, in 1968 so to have trey ford doing this in week four of his career you know what does that say yeah, and, you know, I mean, the, the club really, really likes Trey Ford. I mean, today Chris Jones was talking to Morley and I about, you know, the, the pro day they went to the University of Buffalo and saw Trey Ford, uh, his pro day, and they said they know that he can run. I mean, Chris Jones has said he is the best in-space player in the CFL uh, that he has seen in 20 years. Maybe Nathan Rourke heard that, and maybe that's why he's off <laughs> such a great start too. But, uh, you know, he's got the athleticism. He can make throws. I mean, he's got a above-average arm. He's strong. He is accurate. He is able to get the ball off. 
when he needs to. The, the question I think that I would like answer tomorrow is, will, it be, will he be able to go through his reach properly? Will he give himself the time and the patience to do it, or will he just take off and run? If, he, you know, if one read is shut down, will he start to panic? And we kind of saw that in BC. But, you know, someone brought Brandon Bridge. Well, this is just like Brandon Bridge, who played with the, the Riders when Chris Jones was there as the head coach and Stephen McAdoo was there as the offensive coordinator. And, and Brandon Bridge did not get a very big play package. It was screens and hitches and just, you know, the design run plays for Bridge. But here's the difference. And, and, and this, is, this is the absolute truth, is they believe Trey Ford is a, is a good quarterback and will be a good quarterback and is someone that can be a, a dual threat, where they didn't think that about Brandon Bridge. They only thought of him as really a, a running quarterback, and that's it. So I, I think they're going to give Trey Ford every opportunity to be successful um we asked about you know is the leash short or long and he's like i don't even want to think about a leash you know i, I don't want to operate that way so you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow if things go well early great if they don't i mean the, the you know i mean you, you go to the worst case scenario it's kind of easy to go there right where well what if he throws two interceptions what if he fumbles the ball early in the first quarter and hamilton gets up big early you know that could happen but we'll see. Um, but it, you know, th this is. Uh, I, I am a little surprised again that we're at, at this scenario. Then and Nick Arbuckle is not the starting quarterback now. I don't think Nick Arbuckle did a lot of or did enough to maybe keep the job. I don't know if it, this was the time to to go with another option. You know, like there's people asking, well, why not Kyle Oxley, right? But I think Trey Ford is there because you know the club feels that in training camp he was barely beaten out by nick arbuckle because of experience alone they liked what he did in training camp and they believe that he can be successful kyle oxley's not going to get any better at running the waggle unless you keep letting him figure out how to time up the waggle as frustrating as it may be to watch him run offside so if you're going to keep one of these guys at slot back it may as well be the same one i wonder dave because of his close, uh, I guess, family ties, if you want to say that, but he's from Niagara Falls, Ontario. He's, he's really playing in his backyard tomorrow afternoon. Do you think that there's any part of that, maybe a softer landing spot, something a little bit more emotional or, or you know, there's, there's a little bit something extra playing in front of what he would deem to be his home crowd in his first CFL start. So could that be some gamesmanship perhaps as well from Chris Jones? If they're playing in Winnipeg, instead this week maybe he doesn't so quickly turn to ford but because it is in hamilton you know you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah totally and i think it could play into it now i think chris jones first is going to think about who's going to give him the best chance to win i mean he's going to weigh everything that has happened in the first three games uh with his offense and with all of his all three phases of of, of his of his team but he looks at the quarterback position he sees what nick arbuckle has done and what he hasn't done and i think first the first thought is you know i feel trey Ford can give us something that nick arbuckle can't and oh look it's in hamilton oh look it's near like you say he's from niagara falls oh it's it's close to waterloo you know like the, the guelph area there's going to be a lot of family and friends in the uh, crowd tomorrow and uh it's a bonus right it's an absolute bonus for trey ford who seemed very calm uh demeanor looked good um 
I really try and listen to a quarterback and see their body language. And today, I didn't see it. Now, tomorrow that could change, you know, in 24 hours from now when when the game's going on. That could change, right, and, and the lead-up to it. But, yeah, I think first things first. Chris Jones will always make a football decision first. But secondly, it's like, hey, we're in Hamilton. This is where you, you're pretty close to where you, you, you're from, to where you shone as a, as a youth sports player, hit Creighton winner for Waterloo in 2021. It's a pretty nice bonus. Uh, it's going to be difficult. I, I wanted the theme of this week to be how do you balance out the offense and how do you get the running game to be a real effective one and, and maybe that opens up the passing game. Well, now, what awful news on James Wilder Jr. this morning, an injury for uh, for six weeks, six-game injured mm-hmm. list for him, a shoulder problem. What can you tell us about the injury? It's something he was battling for a bit, as I understand. Yep, last two games, last two games. And, and the lead-up, towards the Stampeders game in Calgary, he was limited for a couple days and then had a full day on day three and ended up playing and only had 11 carries in the game. And then this week in the short week, he was limited on day one and day two, he was listed as a full participant. And this morning, Chris Jones says he got a call about 630 in the morning from the training staff saying he can't go you know he's playing with an injury that he just cannot play with right now so that's really disappointing and that's tough for james wilder who is still i think a a key in this offense and and a leader and uh we asked chris jones you know we said is this going to be a full six and you know we kind of got well we're not sure and you know it's we know it's definitely something right now that he can't play with so um hopefully rest will help but i i don't know if we're going to see james wilder get you know, pulled off early. Um, I think this is probably a full six, hopefully not longer. That's the impression I get anyway. So here comes Sherman Beatty, who played in the preseason. He had about uh, three carries. and It wasn't spectacular. Three carries for 26 yards, caught three balls for 11 yards. And, you know, Chris Jones admitted today that, you know, his he looked better on film than what he has shown so far, but they still think the potential uh, of Sherman Beatty is still pretty high. And I know a lot of fans on Twitter were saying, well, now the Walter Fletcher trade looks terrible Mm -hmm. to the Montreal Alouettes. And I say, yep, on the surface it does. But running backs are are pretty much in abundance, I think, still. So we'll see if the next man up uh, from, you know, who's, who's behind James Wilder Jr. now can step up in Sherman Beatty and make people forget about Walter Fletcher because he did some pretty special things last season. Yeah, he had a lot of exciting moments. It's uh, Dave Campbell. You know the voice there. He's the uh, color commentator for the Edmonton Elks. Brendan Escott hosting Inside Sports this evening because Dave's out east in advance of this game against Hamilton tomorrow. Getting closer to a W each week, Dave, but you and I talk often about the finish that's needed on either side of the ball. Uh, They are completely lacking in anything to do with the term ball hawk I, they don't have an interception this year through three nope. games they're not getting to the quarterback with any sort of ferocity so it looks like i don't know whether it's a personnel thing or or what's going on here but finish is certainly needed across the board yeah uh, no question i thought the secondary not the whole secondary but uh there's a couple players well one in particular i thought tristan decoud uh, had his worst game of the three and I thought there's a couple times that uh, he was just in the wrong, you know, they're playing what they call quarters coverage, which is basically this is your quarter of the field that, that you're responsible for. And there's a couple times he, he, uh, he got beat real bad. Um, and the thing is their defense has played better the last couple of games, but 
what do you think about? Do you think that they led for 39 minutes and they held Calgary to, you know, three points for most of the first half and then 10 points for most of the most of the third quarter? No, I think about the explosion play to Reggie Bagleton that set up a Kadeem Carey touchdown. I think about an explosion uh, play that set up a touchdown uh, or or was a touchdown to Malik Henry from Bo Levi Mitchell after Nick Ar- Arbuckle throws the interception. I think about a sideline throw that, uh, that was caught by, I believe, Henry. Those are the plays that I'm going to remember the most because that affected the football game so much. It's three plays, Brendan. That's all we're talking about. But it's football. And those three plays can either put you on the right side or the wrong side of a win. I'm going to think about the offense who played pretty well for 39 minutes of the the football game leading. But I'm going to think of uh, Nick Arbuckle's interception that really changed things uh, in the complexion of the game and the fact they can't run the football, the fact that they're still looking for a balanced offense and compliments to receivers. I mean, Manny Arsenal, great game, seven catches for 100 yards, but you don't want to see three catches on nine targets for Kenny Lawler or four catches on seven targets for Darrell Walker. You want to see more level play. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And the fact that they have been outscored 24 to nine in the last two fourth quarters against Saskatchewan at home and Calgary on the road, that's a concern as well because, you know, I looked at the first down totals. I mean, the Elks have had 12 first downs in those quarters and they've given up 10. So they've been right there, but it's just the, you know, those smattering of plays on offense and defense that is really killing them. They need better finish and polish in their game. Dave, we'll chat with you on the pregame show at four o'clock tomorrow. Look forward to it, my man. Thank you. Dave Campbell, he is the color analyst of our Elks broadcast here on 630. Chad, you're listening to Inside Sports with guest host Brendan Escott tonight. We're back in a moment. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. It's Brendan Escott sitting in for Reed tonight. You just heard from Dave Campbell teeing up tomorrow's Elks and Tiger Cats game live from the Hammer. Tim Hortons Field, 5.30 is the kickoff. We'll have the countdown show just after 4 on your Canada Day. Uh, after this next newscast... Oilers play-by-play man Cam Moon, just all-around fun guy to talk to. We'll get caught up on the latest to do with the team. Sounds like Yessa Pujarvi has asked for a trade out of town again. We've been down this road before. I got a lot to say about this, but I'm going to wait until Cam's on the phone line, more or less. Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings, captain of the team that fell a little short at the Memorial Cup, but uh, an absolute staple in the community for the last few years is Jake Neighbors at 7.05. And then uh, Edmonton Riverhawks GM Steve Hogle will tell you all about the uh, Canada Day game, which is powered by 6.30, Chad. It is going on uh, tomorrow night, of course, with some fireworks and some fun stuff for you and the family. That all coming down the pipe here on Inside Sports. It's Brendan Escott sitting with you. And yes, it is Trey Ford set to start at quarterback. 780-496-0063 is the number to call if you've got thoughts on that or anything else. What do you think they should do for with, with Yesa Poliarvi? He's a restricted free agent. 
I think it's time to go. What do you think? Let me know. It's Brendan Escott. Back in a minute. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.